passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the godfather, post-wrestling, the NWA, not oh, keep guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message, advocates for Nubian, wrestling, you're listening to the best again, black wrestling in the ring, we invested in, Nubian kings and queens, we invested in, it's for the culture and we repping it. I know you're bobbing your head because I can see you. you can't see me. What's going on, brothers and sisters? Shout out to that man, Righteous Reg, for blessing us with the theme song. You know what it is. You know what we do. Welcome to the NWA podcast, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the show all about getting color. In the professional wrestling business, we are back and better than ever. This is our second episode in the post-wrestling era, and we just wanted to thank everyone out there who took the time to check out the show last month. We appreciate, I was going to say we appreciate all the feedback. Let's just say we appreciate (laughs) most of the feedback, Mm -hmm. like 75, 80% of the feedback There's 20% 20% is a little suspect, but we ain't going to talk about that right now. At least I'm not going to talk about it because I have a feeling my tag team partner, my, my co-host, might have something to say because he is the angry intellectual. Y'all know this man. He hails from the City of Angels. Give it up for my brother, the professor, Chris from L.A., a.k.a. Chris Ely. How you doing this month, brother? Great to be here on the Wrestling Observer <laughs> Network presenting Nubia Wrestling Advocates. Uh, that all right, all right. I mean, I, 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 my bad. I mean, post wrestling is what I mean. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, Jim Ross. Uh, so you had a good old JR moment there, by God. <laughs> I love JR, man. It's like they, 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 wrestling fans are ready to cancel that dude. You see, he hates he hates wrestling, he hates AEW, he wants to be back in WWE. He's like, God, Jesus, man. <laughs> if if I count the amount of like faux pas I've had on the air, I'm not even talking about like technical issues. I'm talking about speaking. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I'd be a millionaire, man. Especially so, when you off that Moderna and, and Hennessy. 
right. It's a whole nother level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, Chris, real quick before we get to our, our, our next segment, like, how have you felt about the launch of the show? Because I know, you know, we like I said, we got a lot of feedback on the first episode of the Nubian Wrestling Advocates here on Post. And like I said, most of it was pretty positive, man. And most of it, you know, was people just like, you know, we 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 dig the show. We like, you know, the interaction that you guys bring and, and the perspective that you guys are bringing to the table. Yeah, man. I mean, I appreciate constructive criticism, you know, I making fun of like the way I talk and stuff like that. I've been I've been getting that for for years. So, you know, it's whatever it's, it's, it's when you get into the more racial area, some fool on there is trying to educate me on the word Nubian. <laughs> I'm like, what the dude, dude, I, this is, this is my bag. Okay. You know, I, Af- Africana studies was my minor in undergraduate. So, um, you know, don't, don't try to talk to me about the transatlantic slave slave trade and where slaves came from and just all this nonsense, man. I was, but you know, it is what it is. People are listening and, educating us on black history. Um, and I go to this dude's like profile page and he's got like a picture of, um, I think it was one of the Dukes of Hazards up or like, I, I seriously do. I think he had like a picture of like, of like Bo Duke or whatever. And try to give mm give a history lesson on like uh, <laughs> black. I, mean, I think, I think we can agree though, Chris, like if there has been maybe one acceptable use of the Confederate flag in modern media. And that was on the general Lee. Right. You know what? I, I co-sign on that. Man. <laughs> I like, like it's, and it's funny too, because the Dukes of Hazard, they hated police, man. Their whole thing was running away from the police, right? He's like trying to run that, this moonshine. Yeah, that's that's what made them cool. You know what I'm saying? I don't know when the police became the good guys between the mm. Dukes of Hazard and now, but man, you know. like that. That's a whole <laughs> other topic for another day. Because you go back and look at all the movies and TV shows, Chris Dukes of Hazard, yeah, Smokey and the Bandit, yes, like all of them, like the cops were the bad guys, but yeah. you know things. Things change, things evolve, you know. But but yeah. I guess like the Dukes of Hazard, Chris, the, the one thing you can say about the NWA podcast, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, is much like Bo and Luke, man, we, we don't mean any harm. I agree. So to that, man, we're not trying to hurt nobody. We're just trying to have a good time, talk about some of these topics in the world of professional wrestling from our perspective and our viewpoint. And to help us do that, you know what we got to do, Chris? We got to bring in. Our nephew, the youngest in charge. You know him from post-wrestling, bringing y'all all that good, informative news. You know him from Bush being Thompson. And, of course, you know him from right here. Ladies and gentlemen, he is our official anchor at the Nubian News Desk. Y'all give it up for my nephew, Andrew Thompson, with the news. My guys, Chris and Nate, my, 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 my pa uncles. What's going on, fellas? I appreciate y'all bringing me on for the second episode. Congratulations on your on, on the launch. I know I'm a part of it, but I'm proud of you guys for the, uh, the the main show that you guys put out there. Despite you know some of the people who had some comments to say that were derived from other things other than you know anything that you guys talked about on the show. But we you know we ain't gonna get into that, get get into that too much. We're gonna keep it try, try to keep it positive for the most part. But you guys did a great job. Uh, I'm proud of both of you, and yeah, we we gonna keep keep the ball rolling. 
Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, like you said, man. Like, why focus on the on the twenty percent, man? We got eighty percent of the people out there in 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 the world, and and especially our postmarks out there that want to hear our opinion. So we gonna focus on that. We gonna keep it moving. And 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 to that end, Andrew Thompson, why don't you let us know what the first news story is this month? Well, th- this one uh, took over social media for almost a week. Uh, it, it, it's it's kind of a thing where I think everybody knows about this situation. And if you don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you've at least heard the name. Uh, an individual young lady by the name of Kenise Mobley uh, was, was all over social media a couple of weeks back. She uh, accepted a job uh, with WWE. They offered her a position to be a writer. She went on a podcast and she did a, it was called the Asian Not Asian Podcast. And this podcast was... You know, it it wasn't necessarily a wrestling podcast, but she did was she she was forward about, you know, accepting the position in WWE and, you know, how she got started in the process and all that. And, you know, she was the the transcription. The the first one that kind of made the rounds of the transcripts got out was, you know, she said, yes, I have just been hired by WWE. Given the things that you know about me and my entire life and what I'm into, yes, that is surprising. Yes, also a surprise for me. They did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing. And they're like, perfect. Come on in. A lot Initially, you know, a lot of people weren't really happy about that comment. Uh, the fact that she didn't know that she wasn't required to know anything about wrestling, but that is not mm-hmm. something that's uncommon in WWE. We've heard countless times from numerous writers that they, when they first got started in, you know, writing professional wrestling, that wasn't something that was, you know, required of them. And it, it, I don't think it ever really has been required that we all know WWE kind of looks at themselves as more of an entertainment mm-hmm. product than professional wrestling. So they want people from these TV shows, from people that have done these uh, d- different reality TV shows or, you know, like at some points in history, like, like it's, it's been in the job description, Andrew. It's like wrestling knowledge is a plus, but it's not required. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's basically, you know, yeah, maybe you just hit the nail on the head, but the next, the next, uh, Next comment that she made kind of that, that was the one that, you know, blew up all over social media. And I'm curious as to guys, you guys' thoughts about that when she um, she she didn't know the Bobby Lashley's name, the WWE champion. Like she it, it was a comment of like she she was like she she should know that. But at the time she hadn't, you know, gotten fully in, involved in the whole mm-hmm. thick of WWE. She was just starting her position. You know, so she didn't know the WWE champion's name and that 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 kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And that was the quote that I seen really get out there. So I was wondering, like, what you guys thought about that overall? And like, do, do you think that this whole thing was kind of blown out of proportion to the point where this lady ended up losing her job? Because that like I was looking at it from more of the hu- human perspective, I guess, is the better way to phrase it instead of like just the professional wrestling side, because I'm like. And then she talked about in the podcast, like this was a job that was like her highest paid gig. You know what I'm saying? So I was looking at that from that perspective. Yeah, I'll I'll take the first swing at this, Chris. And I think we have to kind of break this story up into smaller parts. Uh, You know, first of all, I think there is the issue of the writers that the WWE chooses to hire. And like Andrew just mentioned, they've been going after entertainment people. They've been going after TV writers, they've been going after comedians. You know, Patrice O'Neill, the late great Patrice O'Neill, was on the staff for a brief time. Freddie Prince Jr., you know, was was on the staff for a minute. And so, this is not something new in the context of WWE. Uh, then we get to the portion of this story that is about representation and about diversifying your creative staff. And I feel like this was a big deal 
for them to hire Kenise, uh, because I believe uh, there's only one other woman of color, and uh, I believe her name is uh, Millie Tavares. I may be wrong on that, but I believe Millie was the only other writer uh, in the room uh, that was a black female. And so it's like, this was a big deal. And for her to lose her job over a podcast, it feels way too punitive uh, for the crime committed here, quote unquote, you know, crime. Uh, and then the third thing I think, Chris, is to what degree did the outrage of the fans, particularly on social media, to what degree did the outrage from some of these fans play in Kenise getting dismissed? Because the company's like, oh, you know, this was something internal. I don't think so. Like, I think right. had she not said this on the podcast, and even if she had said this on the podcast, right, like had it not picked up and, like Andrew said, dominated wrestling Twitter for a week, I think she would still be employed by the WWE, man. Yeah, I, I do. So I, I actually went and listened to the podcast that she was on. I read the transcript first, mm. but I didn't think that was going to give me um, a full context of um, what happened. Um, first of all, I... I understand completely why some why WWE might want to hire writers with no experience. Um, I um, before I became a professional in my career, I bartended for um, like ten years. It was a long time. Mm. And uh, you were the angriest bartender ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you want, fool? Then that, that job, while I was doing it, it was fine. But then when you look back at that job, it's like, man, I hated that fucking job. Uh, but uh, but but here's the thing about, though, is when you would bring in people that went to one of those overpriced, fancy bartending schools and have to train, and those were the worst people to trade mm. because – Every rest, restaurant does things a little bit different. And you, those bartending schools aren't as good as actually starting off as a server, graduating to a bartender, whatever. So I understand from that perspective. When I was listening to her on the podcast, um, First, I don't think she should have gotten fired for that. Let me preface my comments for that. Mm -hmm. But I do think she was kind of trying to be funny by calling uh, Bobby Lashley, Bobby Ashley. I, I personally think she knew that brother's name. <laughs> and, <laughs> hey, and, honestly, hold on, hold on. Full disclosure, though, like, that's a, that's a funny line. Like, if she had written that for, like, Xavier Woods to say in yeah. a promo, like, calling him Bobby Ashley, that's a funny line, man. Right, yeah, yeah, that's something that should have been saved for for that, you know. Um, but also, it was like, um, I don't think she meant any like real harm by doing it. I, I don't, no. I definitely don't think she should have been fired by after that. I think that should have been a learning experience. Like, look, right, these fans on the internet, we take wrestling seriously mm -hmm. you know that that should have been just outlined to her like look you know we got we got stockholders we've got this we got that and if you're going on podcasts and treating everything we do like a joke 
maybe that'll be problematic. Now, in her defense, WWE treats their own product like a drug. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's, 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 it is what it is. But, I mean, I do think that, um, you know, and I saw the clip of her on, um, I think it was uh, Fallon um, on The Tonight Show. And she, she's a funny woman, so I, don't, mm-hmm. I think she's going to bounce back. But, um, yeah, and I don't think she was coached enough to be like you know to know how hot and cold Vince McMahon and people in WWE are they always need a fall guy for something mm, that's, mm-hmm. that's okay Chris mm-hmm. you just brought you just hit on a good point and this kind of leads me into something else because yeah like it's that old quote Andrew from you know the Monday Night Wars where Vince and Ted Turner had that conversation and Ted Turner's like, hey, Vince, you know, I'm in the wrestling business now. And Vince is like, well, that's that's great, Ted. I'm in the entertainment business. I'm in the television business. So this is something that Vince has always seen wrestling as, right? Like it's not this pure athletic competition that some of the fans want to frame it as. This, this is TV. And so – it doesn't make any sense to me, Andrew, when you've got somebody like Kenise or on the in front of the camera side, somebody like Adnan Vert, right? Who we just throw to the wolves and we don't coach them up. It's like, yeah. how can you expect these people to succeed in an environment that they have not been in without giving them the proper training? And then when you kick them to the curb, you're like, oh, they, they just didn't get the culture. It's like, no, you didn't explain the culture to these people. Like I, I think one of the main thing is is that with WWE, the 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 creative team is like this this like behind the scenes group of individuals that we have never seen. Like we don't know who these people are. So when you got somebody who is on the creative team and they're speaking out publicly, and it, it was this specific situation, people are automatically throwing all of this at, at one single person because they already don't like WWE creative. So like they they looking at oh that that's an active WWE writer who's open right there and like the, the the thing that was like really annoying me about the the whole situation like the fallout of it was the fact that like they were like targeting her like I I didn't like the whole you know that I saw people was like emailing her and you know send, just sending her like nasty messages and stuff like that and like that's the that that's the sort of like tribalism and like the the, the corny shit that I'm not a fan oh excuse my language but the, you know corny stuff that I'm not really a fan of is like going that far like I, I get you know of course like we as wrestling fans we take professional wrestling seriously as, as far as like the the presentation of it and, and how it is presented to to us because some you know for, for years like the really the, the the outside media really didn't view professional wrestling or may, maybe some still don't view professional wrestling as something that's legit you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. they don't know the ins and outs how we know the ins and outs but the fact that you know it came to a point where people were like targeting her personally like I, I didn't like I Chris and, and and they say I don't think that she deserved to be fired. I think she should still have a a, a gig with WWE. But I, I think it's just the point that it it blew up so much and it was the right. conversation throughout an entire week that led to you know her 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 you know ultimately being let go from the company. And people got so angry, yeah. right? Like I could get you feeling some type of way. Andrew's like, oh, she she didn't under she didn't know who the world champion was. Like that's that's not a great look. But it's like. I don't get the vitriol because yeah, again, yeah. Vince, Vince is looking at this like it's TV, man. Like everybody that writes for Marvel hasn't read a Marvel comic book, right? Like I, I think the one of the uh, people that worked on WandaVision 
like hadn't read the Wanda books until they got hired for the show. And so it's like every writer doesn't have to know everything, Chris. The question is, are you a good writer first, right? Because there's millions of fans out there right. that can have their fantasy booking, that can have a WrestleMania dream matches, but do you know how to tell a story? And if you don't know how to tell a story, then why are you denigrating this woman that has proven that she can be a good writer, that has proven, Chris, that she knows how to tell a story? Yeah, and this is on Vince McMahon and them too, because it's like, did you explain to this woman the the cultural significance of Bobby Lashley being champion at this moment, you know, especially like a dominant champion, a champion that I think I, they, I would look, Chris, I yeah. would counter, does Vince understand the cultural significance? Yeah, right. I, and I do think that you're right, Nate. And I think you're right too, Andrew. I think that they don't understand the, the cultural significance of these moments. I think they, mm. Vince McMahon sees Bobby Lashley as a big uh, black piece of meat and doesn't understand like what him being WWE champion means for the ov- overall culture. You know, no, he just sees a hoss. <clears throat> yeah, like the when and like when they job Kofi Kingston out in ten seconds um, on that first episode of, of SmackDown on Fox that I was at. Actually, I don't think he understood. Nope. Or or cared what mm. that meant to um you know the the masses out there the, especially the the black wrestling fans mm. that might want to consider getting into the wrestling business you know what i'm saying yeah. or patronizing your product um you know so i think there's a very just deep deep culture problem in wwe at the moment um i think um Kenise, i think she can grow and get better from this I think they can get better at this too and explain to these writers what their job entails and how they need the writer when they appear, when they appear on outside media, just to take wrestling seriously, because I can even totally see in the interview, they probably didn't take wrestling seriously either in the interview. And they were probably joking with her. Yeah. Cause uh, the host was her friend. So I think they were just talking like friends talk, but It's well, it's two things. One, I do feel like you got to coach your people up, man. Like, if you're gonna have yeah. them do outside things, like, you got to let them know what the, what the real deal is. But you mentioned culture, Chris, and I think this is a good place to kind of leave this story before we move on to Andrew's next story. Because I was talking with Marcus uh, <clears throat> over the weekend, Marcus Vandenberg from the Kings of Sport, uh, and he was on with us for the post podcast day edition of the NWA podcast. And we were talking and Marcus was like, does the Kenise Mobley situation make it harder for black women and, and women of color and people of color to get their foot in the door from a creative perspective with the WWE? Because like, let's, let's be real, man. Like there is a very short runway that people of color have in the entertainment world, you know? And, I felt it the most, and I, I don't know how you two guys felt about this when this movie came out. When Black Panther came out, I couldn't really enjoy it the first time I saw it because I was like, yo, if this movie is terrible, if this movie is a flop, if this movie is Thor 2 The Dark World, we're never getting another black movie for at least 10, 15 years in, in, in terms of a big blockbuster superhero movie. And so I think on a micro level, 
Andrew, like there's pressure on people like Kenise or people like Millie Tamarez, where it's like, if I screw up, how long is it going to be before somebody else that looks like me gets another chance? Yeah, I, I think uh, something you hit on, it's like, it's like more so that internal pressure as well. Like it might not even come from, you know, outside factors. It might just be you within yourself as a as a black woman or as a black man in, that, that could be in that scenario. It might just be like you having that, that, that mental thought in your head, like if I mess this up, then this might be it for me. You know what I'm saying? Just already having that thought of being in that that type of environment where, you know, we, we've heard countless stories from, you know, WWE and, you know, from people that have worked there and been on creative, like at, at the snap of a snap of a uh, finger, you know, Vince could get, get ready. You just like that, you know, just, just for just for whatever reason. You know, if you don't like something you say or you don't like a certain idea or, you know, he, he I mean, Jimmy Jacobs said he had an issue with him because of the way he dressed or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like just small, you know, irrelevant stuff like that. And especially like you mentioned, Nate, in this specific situation with Kenise, being a black woman and being in that position that she was in, like, you know, it's going to sort of make people that uh, other black women that could come into that position be like, you know, well, damn, if I mess up one time or I do this one time, then, you know, that could be it for me. And that's that, that that's not the type of, you know, place that, you know, anybody should be. Like so, I I hope that that's not you know the case, but that is a very valid point that you uh that that Marcus and you brought up. Right, I don't think it's gonna get um better for black women. I don't think it's gonna get worse for black women in WWE, especially behind the creative scene. I think it's gonna stay exactly as it was, which is hard as fuck for <laughs> for black mm. women in that space. I just think it's gonna stay that way. Um, and, um, I do hope if they do hire someone new that it is, um, a, a black woman, but, um, if they don't, then, you know, it's just, it's just more work we got to do as fans, you know, because like you said, they need the representation on TV and there's just certain things that I think if, um, a black woman was in WWE, I just think certain Mm -hmm creative things would probably just get nixed before what wouldn't even make it past the cutting room floor because mm-hmm. um, they've, they've done some suspects things with uh, <laughs> black women over the years. So. Yeah. yeah. So and I think my last thing on, on this story, Andrew is like, first of all, you know, shout out to Kenise Mobley. I think like we've all said, she's going to land on her feet, man. Like uh, people in the industry know about her and hopefully she got broke off a nice little severance package. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, from from Vince and them, but I feel like at the end of the day, Andrew, we can advocate. You know, that's that's the word of the day. That's the word of the show. We can advocate for change and diversity, and uh, you know, various viewpoints in the writing room as much as we want. But at the end of the day, the show is going to be filtered through the lens of a seventy year old rich white dude. Like it is through his sensibilities, through his worldview like as creative as some of the people want to get within that creative team ultimately vince has final say you know and there's only so much you can do coloring inside of those lines so you know best of luck to kenise and and continued luck to a millie inside the wwe but i like like chris said andrew i don't think things are going to change anytime soon yeah just before, before we you know finally wrap this up I, I want people to really truly stop bothering this woman, please. Like I, I, I promise you, it's it's, it's more more as other things in this world that you could dedicate your time to 
than to be sending this woman emails and harassing her because that's not it. And, you know, that's all I got to kind of say on that, on that story. So best of luck to Kanice going forward, talented person, and I'm sure she'll land on her feet. But uh, next up, uh, more, more so on the positive side, we had a title change this week on, on, on NXT. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott won the NXT North American title from Bronson Reed. Uh, I, I think this was the perfect time to put the title on him. The, the hit road thing is actually clicking. I would say this is probably the first time that I've seen something hip hop related in WWE that wasn't corny. And it's like them actually being them, Ashanti the Adonis, Brianna Brandy, AJ Francis, and of course Swerve leading the group. Uh, mm. There have been 10 uh, NXT North American champions thus far, and five of them have been black. We have Keith Lee, Ricochet, Leon Ruff, uh, Patrick Clark, the, the formerly known as the uh, the Velveteen Dream, and now um, Isaiah Swerve Scott is the current North American champion. Uh, I, I think this was a great move. Uh, he, he has the momentum right now, and, and Hit Row is clicking with all cylinders. And it, you, you can tell, you can just tell Black wrestling fans love it, and, and it seems like everybody else is, is enjoying Hit Row as well. Yo, is is NXT low key becoming like the urban brand between <laughs> between Hit Row and then uh, you know you got you got a guy uh, Stokely Hathaway, aka Malcolm Bivens, yeah. with the diamond mind. Like, yo, we we winning in twenty twenty one on NXT. Yeah, man, I, I'm uh, liking the stuff I'm seeing on NXT at the moment. Um, shout out to uh, Stokely Hathaway, um, uh, Michael Bivens, or what's what's his name? Not Malcolm. Michael Bivens. That's Malcolm. Bell Bivens. You talking about Bell Bivens? See that that was a Jr. flub right there. Uh, yeah, Michael uh, Bivens. Michael yeah. Bivens here, and I'm running the show. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> yeah, shout out to BBD. Yo, uh, shout out to like we're recording this the day after the Bobby Brown versus Keith Sweat right yeah. battle. Like yeah. that was that was a moment for the old heads right there. <laughs> yeah, New yeah. Jack Swing forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I'm I, I'm enjoying NXT, and this is a thing that I do think that even though I don't love everything WWE is doing with black talent overall, mm. I think. They are heading more in the right direction than they are in the wrong direction, which is when when we did the first episode of this show, I don't think any of us would say that. You know what I'm saying? I think that um, because my whole thing with with WWE is I just want the the black talent to um, be developed and be fleshed Mm. out and have like backstories, layers, layers, if you will. Thank you, Andrew. Layers, if you will, to them. Because that was one thing that was always missing from um, Black talent. Um, And I never, and it probably was missing from other races. I noticed it because I'm Black and, you know, I noticed that. that Well, the storytelling was kind of suspect across the board, but it resonates Mm -hmm. more when you have black or brown talent who get fewer opportunities. Right, yeah. So it hits even harder. Yeah, and and you bring up a great point, Nate, because I think people don't understand that like, um, the reason why, like, with AEW, and I'm sure that'll come up later, but the problem with AEW not having black talent on the top, and you might say, well, there's white talent that's that's not doing anything either. That might be true, but 
when it's black talent not doing everything, that's every black talent that's in that company that's mm-hmm. not doing anything. You know what I'm yes. saying? There are white guys in AEW that's doing significant stuff. And that's how it used to be in WWE. There were ta- there were talented performers that were um, just not doing anything. And there were white guys that weren't doing anything either, but there were also a ton of white guys that had significant stuff going on on screen. So I do, that's one of the things I love about Swerve Scott winning that title mm-hmm. is that um, I wanted to get to a point where um, when when someone black wins the the title, I don't have to be like, you know, oh, this is something special and this and that. You don't have to, you don't have to get emotional. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to be a, a regular thing. Like you, you ain't got to cry when Leon Ruff wins the undisputed title. Now, you, right, you, exactly. you want to know? I, I think that's some real, like, that's a good point that Chris brought up. Like, it it, it, sh- it shouldn't be this like, oh my god type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you, I, I think it should be it, it that way. In in the fact that, like, you know, maybe it was like, okay, this was a long time coming, or you know, this was the right time to do this. But like, not in the sense of, oh my god, like we we got another black champion. Like that shouldn't be something like that should be so surprising. Or, or, or so like you know just a like but but I, I do think on the other hand it, it is something that should be celebrated because you know wwe has a long history and, you know we ain't just say wwe but professional wrestling as a whole mm-hmm. has a, a long history of you know that sort of gatekeeping white gatekeeping i guess is the proper way to put yeah, it yeah. uh and like you know not, not to go too far but there was an article from sports illustrated and i yeah, i highly encourage everybody to go check it out they did like this deep deep dive into the like so something like you know, the history of professional wrestling and, and racism mm-hmm. and stuff like it was it was a really great article mm-hmm. but um yeah yeah for, for isaiah swerve guy I'm, I'm happy for him man like he i think everybody kind of knows swerve from his time on the independent scene like he grinded his way up he, he, yep. he made it man he got he had it like his um his, his rough bumps in nxt as far as like not being able to find something that fit but it turns out the best way to let black talents in, in professional wrestling is to more so let them be themselves on tv and maybe just turn it up to ten, you know. Yeah, and I we saw that with the new day. Yeah, and I'm and and we 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 seeing it and and it's happening. And I'm happy for him and AJ Francis and Brianna Brandy and Ashanti yep. Adonis. That like I think that's a good way to get all four of them on TV. Like they all doing well. They all performing well. They all talking the mic. They all got you know charisma. You know they could talk. Like I I think that's one of the more prominent things as far as WWE. Like you got to have mic skills, and I think. Mm-hmm. Have shown that so far, so I, I think the sky's the limit for them, man. I, I I I think you know he'll probably end up feuding with Santos Escobar. That's probably gonna be like the big big thing. Yeah. For him. But I, you know, they probably gonna revisit some with Leon Ruff, you know, because Leon got the edge up on him a couple times. So yeah, it, it, it's gonna be cool to see what they do with Hero going forward. But I'm glad they finally have a hip hop act that's not corny, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so happy to see this. Authenticity is the word, like. You know, we, we felt that with the New Day, where, yes, there was stuff that you could tell was kind of corny, but there were also things that felt specifically and authentically black with the New Day. And you could tell that came from the performers. And I think it's the same thing with Hit Row. And, and to Chris's point about the champions, I think a word that's kind of come into popularity the last couple of years, Andrew, is normalized. Like, I think we need to normalize black and brown champions. Like there should be a day where it shouldn't be like this. Oh my goodness. Like they did it. They, they pulled the trigger. I didn't believe they was going to do it, but they did it. And we're not there yet. But I think 
like wrestling at its core is a simulation of combat sports, boxing, mm-hmm. MMA, you know, martial arts, all that stuff. And it's like, if you look at the champions in those sports, it's a rainbow, man. It ain't just white dudes. It's white dudes, black dudes, uh, right. Latinx dudes. Like it's, you know, Asian brothers, you know, it's, it's so, it's so many ways that you can tell these stories and it doesn't have to be the way it's been told for the last 30, 40 years. And so I think we're getting to a point, Andrew, where we're starting to normalize diversity in, in our pro wrestling and our sports entertainment, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just not quite there yet, but I think we're getting there. I agree. I agree. And before we move on to this last this last topic, just a quick little note. Uh, D- D'Lo Brown was a guest on the Black Guy, the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast. Uh, go support those good brothers. And he revealed yep. that he and Mark we Henry... had to do a crossover one of these days. Th- there you go. Yeah. And he revealed that he and Mark Henry were supposed to win the WWF Tag Team titles at WrestleMania 15 from Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. But Mark mm. Henry unfortunately had surgery. And, you know, it, my, uh, D- good, good, our good brother D'Lo ended up taking that L at WrestleMania in Philly instead. But that was just a quick little note. That's something interesting, right? That he said he wishes that, you know, Mark wouldn't have got hurt. And, you know, that would have came to fruition. But, uh, on, of course, on Juneteenth, uh, they had the, the, the Black Wrestlers Matter 2 show took place in Iowa. Uh, the show, the show was capped off with, uh, frontman Jossie winning the Black Wrestlers Matter Championship. Suge D was on the car. Willow Nightingale was on the car. JDX. Uh, it was a really fun show that initially sparked, uh, in 2020 from everything, you know, so, so surrounding the racial tension in America, you know, the, the protests, George Floyd's passing, uh, everything within that. Um, and they, they, they formed the, the first Black Wrestlers Matter show and they followed up with the second one this year. Uh, the, I don't know if you guys had the chance to catch the show or, you know, but, but just your thoughts on the significance of a show like that. Uh, spotlighting so many black talents and then at the same time how how do you guys think that we can get this show to be bigger so more people can tune into this or be aware of it that don't know about it i love things like this man like whether you're talking about black wrestlers matter or you know the for the culture shows like i think there's just so much talent man that's out there that looks like the three of us right that aren't being highlighted and so it's like if 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 the game ain't going to do it for you, you got to make your own game. Mm. Right. You got to make your own rules. You got to make your own way. And so, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm incredibly proud of these performers, Chris. And, you know, just the names. Like there's so many people that's been doing this for years, man. Like, uh, you know, Sugar D, uh, you know, like uh, Faye Jackson, who just retired. Mm-hmm. Like so underrated over the years. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see somebody like Willow Nightingale on the come up, man. Like there's so much talent that is black that is brown that is you know uh lgbtq like that doesn't fit the box andrew Mm -hmm. of what has primarily been pushed not only in the wwe not only in you know impact or any of these companies on tv but also on the independents right yeah like there's it's it's not easy like being an independent wrestler is not an easy thing and it's doubly hard when you're a person of color or you're a female or you know you you uh uh, LGBTQ or whatever that you don't fit in that box. And so like, I'm, I'm glad that shows like this exist, man. I think Andrew, like the way we get things like this bigger and get them more attention is what we're doing right now. And let's talk about it, man. Mm. Let people know that these things exist. Cause I'm sure there's a good portion of the listeners out there that are just hearing about this show for the first time. And so like, it's our job to let these people know what's going on so that the next time a show like this comes up, they can know about it and they can watch it and they can let other people know about it, Chris. Right. Yeah. And I think what it does is it 
eliminates the tokenism of uh, black talent from wrestling. Mm. And that's talk about the, it. Talk, that, talk, that, talk that, to him, Chris. Like if you if you look at um, WWE right now, there's not one champion that they've got where you're gonna be like, oh, this person got the belt because they were black. Kofi Kingston, it took him years to reach that mm-hmm. pinnacle and getting the, that title. Lashley, the same thing. Bianca Belair, the same, the same kind of thing. You know, these people worked their way up the ladder and made that achievement. And I think that um, the problem that um, AEW is having right now is there are f- few, too many people in that company right now um, that are black that feel like they are just there to fill quotas and with mm. no layers at all. Um, and that's kind of what, what I like about shows um, like this. And like you said, Sugar D, all these people, they've been, they've been doing this for a while. And these kind of shows are important for a uh, black wrestling fandom, you know, and mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the goal is always to move to a point uh, where we can, um, where, where this stuff will be normalized, but we're just we're just years away from that right now. Even if every champion in every company was black, we'd still be years away from it because of the years we had to put up with nonsense, mm-hmm. right? So, um, like, I'm, there was I'm, a time, like, and this yeah. is one of the craziest stories that, like, anytime I've had the the opportunity or the privilege, Andrew, to talk to you know one of the old wrestlers from the seventies or the eighties, mm. like. They would always say when it comes to race, like having two black wrestlers face off, that was a gimmick match back in the day. Not because either the wrestlers had a specific gimmick or not because it was a hardcore match or not because it was a scrap match, but because you had two black guys in there. That's a gimmick match. We can't have too many gimmick matches on the card, guys. Yeah. (laughs) And and like they, I remember uh, when Booker T and, um, the rock faced each other for, I think it was a WCW title on mm-hmm. WWE television. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I ever saw two black guys wrestle mm-hmm. for a world title and they don't bring it up at all. You know what I'm saying? They just act like this is just a run of the mill thing. Like there's no significance behind it at all, you know? And, um, you know, I, I, I do think, what I like to see change in wrestling and WWE in particular faster. Yes. But um, you do have to stop and celebrate um, all the things that are going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can harp on all the negative, um, but I have to, you know, celebrate these indie shows that are going on. Black wrestlers matter. I got to stop and celebrate um what WWE is doing, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I have to celebrate um, Impact and um, AEW, you know, giving platforms to to uh, black talent, but at the same time saying, hey, you can do better, you know? Right. Like yeah, you, gonna, can, you can appreciate something and also want that thing to do better, Andrew. Yeah, I was about to say, I was just going to throw, I was just going to add in a quick name, uh, what Chris was saying. You can even look at Ring of Honor with Jonathan Gresham. Like, they present, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, way, the way they present John Gresham, like, they present him as, like, a threat. Like yep. I mean, like as a professional wrestler and what he what he is on TV. Like if you see the, like how they present him, they present him as like a legit threat. Like yep. he, he he's not like he, they they don't treat him as like anything other than the, like the most serious dude in the company. And like that's 
you know, that, that that's a way to help other black talents in a way it's like we present we present him like this. You can present everybody like this. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And like you even look at somebody like Jay Lethal. He's been, you know, a staple of Ring of Honor for I don't know how long, you know. So and, and, and so big ups to Gresham, man. I know he's going to be uh, defending the title against the pure title against Freya Yeha. I know a lot of people looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot of, you know, stuff to look forward to, you know, yeah. as far as black wrestlers goes. And, you know, I think black like my, my my last thing on this, Andrew, is like I think shows like this are important and necessary. Yeah, because not only does it give opportunities for some of these performers to get eyeballs that might not have been on them before, but it's also a celebration of the culture. And it's also creating community, which is something I've seen over the last couple of years where you get these older black performers that's been doing this, being able to connect to that next generation. And there's there's like a fraternity or a sorority, Andrew, where, you know, you can trace the links between like Faye Jackson and Sonny Kiss or mm-hmm. somebody like Sugar D and, and, you know, some of these young cats coming up, you know, somebody like a jazz and the influence that she's had on these performers out here, man. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy for the culture because of shows like this, but I, I also want there to be a day where this is like Chris said, this is something normal, you know, where we can still celebrate our uniqueness, but it shouldn't be like a thing where, oh, like we we can't get this on a bigger stage because these people deserve they've earned it. You know, they, they've worked for it like they have just as much right to have that type of spotlight, Andrew, than anybody that's in WWE or an impact or an AEW. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you hit it right on the, right on the head. Nate. And, and with that, brother, that will conclude the news segment. Andrew Thompson with the news, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew, if people want more from you, where can they find you, brother? Let let these people know what's going on with my nephew, the youngest in charge. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter, ad Thompson underscore underscore. I try I tried to DM the dude who has the ad Thompson name to try to get him to come all off that. I don't think he messing <laughs> with it, but it's all good though. And they, they can catch, check him out. Written work at postwrestling.com. Uh, my interviews over at Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel. I might might you never know. Might have some in person stuff coming up soon so you know be on the lookout for that Andrew tried to get his uh, handle from that dude and my man was like I'm not going to be able to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah And, of course, that was Andrew Thompson bringing us the news as he does every month here on the NWA podcast. Uh, but, you know, that's that's not the only thing we do here on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. Chris, uh, you know, we like to change things up from time to time. And, you know, last time on the program we had a panel discussion. Uh, there's going to be episodes down the line where we do live listener feedback. I'm looking forward to doing some of that. And there's going to be episodes like this week, Chris. We have a guest in the building to talk to us and give his or her perspective on the business and just what's going on lately. And so uh, I, I, I'll leave it to you, brother, to do the introduction, because this ain't just any regular guest, man. We're talking about wrestling royalty this week, brother. So let let the people know who we got, man. OK, so this week we are um, this month, rather, we are Ashanti wrestling advocates because we have an Ashanti prince in our presence. Uh, the great 
Prince Nana. How's it going, man? <laughs> Everything is good, Christopher. My God, your Afro has gotten bigger since the last time I've seen you, my friend. <laughs> no, man. Nate, brother Nate is still like the Wizard of Oz. I still don't know who he is. I still haven't seen his face. But you know what? It's good to be here on the podcast show. How are you guys doing? We good, brother. You know, you know, I still got to wear that mask, man, at least till everybody get vaccinated out here. <laughs> Trust me, I've been wearing 10 masks every time I go to the market, all right? I don't play games. <laughs> I guess now I would like where we can start off because, you know, Chris and I know a little bit about you, a little bit about your career, some of the things that you've done, but there might be somebody listening right now that, that is, uh, let's just say, unenlightened. So, uh, you know, could you... Kind of let them know a little bit about, you know, your background, your, your time in the business, some of the things that you've done. Because uh, I, I have to say, man, like you are one of the most colorful and fascinating characters in, in the history of this business, man. <laughs> you know, with, with, with the little the little stint that I had, you know, it, it's been about um, it's going on 30 years now. All right. Soon. All right. Or maybe something like that. Um, you know, almost 26, you know, almost 27. You know, I, I, I stopped counting. <laughs> All right, but I started uh, in Brooklyn, in New York City, with with uh, you know the the Hall of Famer, the the Honorable, you know Johnny Rods, the unpredictable mm. one. All right, Johnny Rods is a great guy, great teacher, taught many guys. I started over there at you know at his gym. You know, really got my 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 butt handed to me. All right, from guys like Devon Dudley, the Spanish Angel, the Baldies. You mm. know, from ECW. Big Vito, all right? Um, these are just some of the names, you know, Mr. Fabian Street, you know, and then, you know, later on, as I got more experience, I started moving on to the, the, the Northeast New York uh, independent scene, all right? You know, soon after that, you know, I, I made my way over to Delaware where I was, you know, a, a mainstay with the ECWA, the Jim Ketna era, all right? He's the, the person that, you know... Uh, um, founded and originated the Super 8 tournament. Yes. You know, and, and, and you know, uh, we, we created Ring of Honor also. I was one of the first uh, members of the Ring of Honor roster back in 2002, uh, the, the, you know, the first show they ever had, and, you know, helped build that company into the, you know, the, you know, the United States, you know, second largest pro wrestling company you know, owned by Sinclair Broadcast Group, you know, and Prince Nana, you know, I've, I've been a wrestler, I've been a promoter, I've been a uh, wrestling manager, I've been a television broadcaster, I've also been a producer in the, in, in the back, so, you know, I'm a man of many traits, but I, I love my time in the ring, all right, I love the time that I had in the ring. <laughs> Japan, I went to England, many great, great experiences, you know, through the wrestling business. And you have to remember, I'm royalty, all right, from from the great Ashanti tribe in Ghana, West Africa. Right? Big ups to Kofi Kingston on, mm. on, you know, a huge accomplishment a few years ago on becoming the, the, the uh, world champion for the WWE. That was a great, great uh, accomplishment. But, you know, that that's where we at now. You know, that's where we at. So, you know, it, it's good to be here on the show. You know, I've been, you know, uh, kind of like uh, in my project, you know, creating mode over the last, you know, two or two, maybe two years or so. So, you know, it's good to be here. No doubt, brother. And, and I know Chris got a bunch of questions. I got some questions for you too, man. But real quick, because you did bring up Kofi, and that's something that we've talked about before on this show, Kofi, man. Like Kofi, all right? It's Kofi 
Say it like that. Kofi. 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 Right? Yeah, that's how you say it. I don't know where all oh, this coffee, coffee. What I don't know. You get it right, all right? This Kofi. Kofi. All right. That's my father's name. All right. Just mm. so everybody know, the first person to use the name Kofi in the wrestling business was Prince Nana, and that was at ECWA. All right. Okay. See now, now I've been enlightened, so I, I, I appreciate that, brother. Um, <laughs> what did that mean? Because it meant a lot to me that that WrestleMania moment, and I, and I know it meant a lot to Chris. But you know, what did it mean specifically to you to see that? moment happened because I, I didn't think it was going to happen, man. I, you know, to see that moment happen, it was like, okay, uh, the industry is finally uh, evolving. All right. For many, many years, it was like stuck at this, you know, uh, place where it couldn't turn anymore. You understand? Like, you know, like the world just stopped turning. Uh, mm-hmm. But now it's turning again. There's more uh, all-inclusiveness in 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 the heavyweight title picture for the tag team titles and the well title, you know, it, it was definitely a breath of fresh air. Right. But you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Remember Prince Nana told you that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is your official role in ring of honor at this moment? Are you still affil- affiliated with them? No, 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 no. The, the, the only role is that I'm a legend, all right? I'm a legend with the company, all right? They can call me. You know, I did everything there. I'm waiting. I'm, you know, looking to see what I could bring to the table. I did it all. Like, you know, what, you know what's there to do, Christopher? Huh? Huh? You, you know, come in with someone else, and then they, they just not get the world title and then go to, to NXT? No, that's not what I'm trying to do. Like, whoever's coming in next with Prince Nana, they have to be here for the long haul. All right, get it in contract. They have to know they're going to be under contract with the embassy for six years, you know, and then we can go from there. Not this hokey pokey, you know, we're going to make someone huge and then, you know, for NXT to take them. Right. It, it just doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Would, would you ever consider going to uh, WWE under a different moniker? Because I, I know you as Prince Nana, and that's what I'm used to. Um, and I know how they do in WWE when they when they get guys from other companies, they try to give them something else. Is that does does the bag have to be right, or what, like <laughs> what, 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 what's where are you with You're that? You're talking my language. You're talking my language. The bag is always has to be right, no, no matter what the heck is going on, all right? <laughs> I have a family to feed just like everybody else, so that's number one. But number mm. two, I'm an actor, all right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bring, if I want to play a, 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 a normal human being, all right, from, you know, Harlem, New York, I can play that role. If I want to play a guy from Switzerland, all right, I can play that role. If I want to play a a, 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 a Jamaican, I can play that role. I can <laughs> play any role in acting. All right, I have the ability. I've trained. All right, I I, I you know I, I I've been in television and in films and in comedies, and I've also done stand up comedy too, <laughs> in a different character, not not in you know. 
the 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 who I am right now. You know, this is who I am talking to you. You know, this is me. That's why I'm comfortable talking to you like this. All right. But when it's time to act and, and put the switch on to go meet with Vince McMahon, all right, I might sound a little bit like this. You know, I might change <laughs> it up. You know, I might say, hey, listen, hey, Vince, it, it's really an honor to meet you. It's really an honor to meet you. I'm looking forward to uh, becoming a part of, you know, I would go into something. Yeah, yeah, like that's, 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 that's the that's ultimate code, code switch. switch. <laughs> that's a code switch for that ass, man. All right, a lot of people can't do it. All right, they can't do it. All right, my friend. So, I, you know, but I'm comfortable talking to you like this because this is my culture. Mm. All right. So, right. you know, whatever they got people acting on TV and stuff like that, you know, they're acting and that's good. But this is a part of my culture. That's why it's so easy and so fluently comes out. And you understand what I'm saying, you know? Well, earlier you said the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I think that's true right, in- right. inside of wrestling and outside of wrestling. And I'm wondering, like, over your long career, how how have things changed for maybe the better? And, and how have they maybe stayed the same in terms of the way black and brown performers are treated in this business? It's not really like a... like. The black and brown performers for years have gotten opportunities. Mm-hmm. All right. We have Ron Simmons. We have this, that. Yeah. We have so many people. You know, we could go down Bobo Brazil, Bobo, Bo, you know, there's so many people that, you know, junkyard dogs, so many mm-hmm. people that were icons in the industry, you know, but, but, you know, who wants to go ahead and jump, you know, uh, you know, become the civil rights activist? Who? All right, who is the one that has done it? Mm-hmm. All right, is it is it Kofi Kingston? I'm asking you guys a question. Is I it, don't is, know, is man. It Kofi, is it Kofi? Is it Mark Henry? You see, that's a good is question. It, is it who is it? Who is the one that really advocates for mm-hmm. you know the 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 entertainers in? the wrestling business, who put the years in, who put the experience in, who gave, you know, people who are getting signed to NXT and and and, and, and AEW the encouragement and the mm-hmm. guidance and the knowledge and the, the coaching, you know, for them together. Who they think did it? Vince McMahon? I, look, honestly, I think it's, it's people Who they that, think did it? I, I think it's people like like Scoot Andrews, people like yourself, right. people like Black G, Sugar D, Faye Jackson, like people that's been working that don't, that are, but are not getting that mainstream kind of credit. Right. And, 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 you know, the thing is, is that you need to put in, you know, you said a lot of names. All right. You just said a whole fluke of names, my friend. Mm-hmm. All right. But, you know, let's, let's just be honest. I don't care what, like the industry these days, you want to know what changed? People are getting to the success way too quick these days. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna say a lot of the urban performers, okay, they feel that the whole entitlement movement, like entitlement. This goes for all performers, not the urban performers. This goes for all of the wrestling performers. They have that entitlement thing going on. All right, no one wants to get on the road, all right, and really mm-hmm. make a name. They want to get signed. All right, everyone wants to train a little bit and get signed. Train a little bit, get signed. Oh, I have a fantastic body. I'm gonna train a little bit. I'm gonna do. The, I'm gonna try my best to do everything perfect to a T. I've been doing this since I was twelve. You know, twelve years old. Boom, get me on TV. 
and I and a lot of people they do have that natural talent, but at the same time, you don't have the miles, all right. You don't have the mm. etiquette, all right. You don't have the 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 the, the humbleness that is supposed to be uh, in every performer when they step into that ring because you're putting your lives on the line and you're putting your hands, your your life into somebody else's hands. So, you know, I personally don't. You know, I think that's the thing in the wrestling business that needs to change. You know, people need to pay a little bit more dues before they mm, rise to the top. Mm. I think the 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 you know the time clock went back a little bit in wrestling, and it's all about you know being young, and it's not about being in your prime. And 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 let me just tell you, in real life, a lot of the prime guys would 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 would, would mess up, would mess up the younger guys. So I just wanted to let that be known. Okay, I, I do I want to um, um, stay on that for a second. So what should, like, the humbling process look like in wrestling? You know, because um, a couple years ago, uh, Leo Rush mm-hmm. um, was getting um, some flack because he didn't want to carry bags you know what i'm saying because he was like you know this look man i'm a i'm a grown man you could carry your own bags um that's just not something i do um and um i'm kind of i guess i'm in his camp a little bit but i could uh, understand the other side of that like is is there a middle ground between carrying some I don't really understand. I think the carrying bags thing was like over exaggerated. That's number one. Okay. Because nobody is like in my years, you know, maybe when we, you know, uh, if Leo Rush was just getting into the business, people would be like, oh, grab my bag or, you know, something of like that nature or, you know, you know, knowing that you're new with a company and like, you know, sometimes you have to just have that common courtesy as a new guy. All right. To do stuff for the older guys who are going to pave the way for you because they're going to, you know, you be nice sometimes. I'm not saying be fake. You know, <laughs> but sometimes you have to be nice. You know what I'm saying? For people to, you know, really like dig into you and help you and, 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 and give you the advice that you need. And, and a lot of guys just don't take that initiative they don't take that initiative to say hey nana do you need some water hey nana hey hey don't worry about your bag nana just get it up i know you can take that i'm gonna grab it for you just so i can remember hey wow that young guy is good now it's like you know hey nana your bag you know get your bag is there like you know i mean i can understand you know where the older guys frustration come in but at the same time you know, I think that whole thing with Leo is exaggerated, number one. I don't think anyone asked him to get bags. But at the same time, you know, you're not on their level yet. Okay. Right. You haven't yes, you 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 got signed to NXT and you did a lot of great you're very athletically, you know, gifted. Okay, but you need to really put in some time. And I think the way to to um address that in wrestling you know, and I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but, you know, this is neither here nor there, is there needs to be some kind of union going on. But that's... Mm, right. Oh, that's... That's, that's something Chris been talking about for years. You know, but yeah. the, the union thing, it, it's hard to do because not a lot of people 
you know, want to be in the business of wrestling. I'm talking about the business like the way the WWE is. Well, mm. you're, you're still in New York, um, aren't you? That's where you're at, uh, right, Nana? Yeah, I'm in the heart of the city, my friend. Okay, so this is my problem, um, and it's not with New York, but it was with someone who was running for mayor of New York, um, Andrew Yang, who um, talked about taking um, a job with uh, Joe Biden's administration, and if he got that job, he was going to make sure that wrestlers got unionized, UFC fighters got unionized, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, somewhere along the way, he changed his mind and decided he was going to run for mayor. I guess it was a bigger bag or something than just being a cabinet member for Biden. (laughs) So uh, what what do you think of, like, you know, because I do think this is something that politicians are going to have to get involved in. I don't think this is a... Um, wrestlers by themselves are going to be able to... The reason why he got out of it is because he was going to get crushed. Right. Uh, The thing is is that the the fans, they support the fans. Right. They don't support the wrestlers. (laughs) They like... The fans fans support the wrestling companies. The big... You know, yeah. you know, they support the indie wrestlers too, but it's very, very like a very tight niche. You know, everyone's broke. Right. Everyone's spending their money with the merch with WWE and all these other companies. Like, you know, if 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 it looks like, you know, if it just looks like guys are begging too much, then you know, mm. other guys will just take their spot. But yeah. I, think, I, I think what just needs to happen is just needs to be an organized structure on how, you know, wrestlers across, you know, the nation, you know, become licensed, number one. Uh, and number two, you know, uh, how they get booked and, 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 and how they get paid on a, 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 in, you know, in a way that it's fair. Because, you know, there's many times where a manager would come in, all right, let's say to another company. I'm not going to use me as an example, all right? But if someone, another manager would come in, okay? And the one manager, let's say Reverend Slick, has been mm-hmm. there for 10 years. Now, this mm-hmm. new manager who is, you know, happens to be white, comes in, you know, he's making $10,000 more than him. And he just started in the business. But it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, nobody talks about it. It's not disclosed. No one knows what's going on. Like, it's just that he's making more and you're not. Right, yeah. Yep. And, and, and that's the problem and uh, you know and and it's fine because you know i i realize this as i get older it's not my business the wrestling business is not my business mm-hmm. until i create my own thing like the way i created the embassy the wrestling business is not mine the embassy is mine yeah the wrestling business is not mine all right the, what i created in it the embassy is mine you know, Ring of Honor, you know, use, you know, they're, they're the ones that it's housed under, you know what I'm saying? Like, how it went down or whatever went down, that's how it went down. But, you know, moving forward, I have to create something, and that goes for everybody. You must create your own brand, your, your identity, and you have to realize that, you know, being in the wrestling business, whether you're in it for 40 years or better, you know, is a part of your life. It's a part of your life that you, you know, uh, have to add to the other parts of your mm. life. 
and and that's what that's what I you know that's how I'm able to you know be happy and 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 just wait for an opportunity while I'm you know staying ready because a lot of people think oh he's not wrestling and this and that no I'm doing rolls in the house and I'm doing squats yeah I'm do push-ups and I you know the only thing I'm not doing is maybe taking falls right now because I have you know a lot going on you know, right. uh, trying to get the help for the industry. But when this time comes, I'll start taking those balls again. And and, you, and, and, and and we'll get to where we need to go. All right. And you've got those. Excuse that. What happened? That, that somebody got robbed over there? Somebody oh, coming it, for Chris. It's, somebody it's got the, robbed. It's the, the, mean, the mean streets of L.A., man. The mean streets My of God. L.A. That's going to happen from time to time. Don't die. forget, you got to connect your ID seal. All right? Your ID seal will keep you, you protected from all of those thieves running around oh, oh yeah we're, we're we're definitely gonna be promoting that and uh but okay so what you you talked about creativity you are a creative brother i've been following you on social media for over a decade um <laughs> I've, I've known you you when like has have has wwe or aew or anywhere reached out to you to get your creative input because I like, I really do think, especially with a a company like AEW, the problem that I have with them. And I talk about, I talk about it on this show religiously is that it feels like they've got black guys that work in that company, black women too. And the sole purposes they have is just to be black. Um, I remember watching you on ROH with the embassy. Your your character, uh, Prince Nana, could have easily had been a stereotype. You know what I'm saying? It, it could have easily been. But it uh, didn't feel like it. Yeah, Prince Akeem or. <laughs> but it didn't uh, feel like it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You were able to nuance that into something that wasn't like. I, I, I didn't ever like pull my head down and like, oh my God, this is another black <laughs> stereotype in wrestling. Because like, I do that is. a lot. I'll tell you what it is. All right. Mm-hmm. And I know I know where you're going with it. And it's just, you know, it's a part of number one, who I am. That's why Kofi is great. Hats mm-hmm. off to Kofi for mm-hmm. winning the WWE world title. A, a fellow Ashanti man, you know, from the Ashanti tribe. My father is from Kumau. All right. And his family, I believe, is from Kumasi, I believe, which are neighboring, you know, um, villages in the Ashanti tribe, you know, but we're very strong minded individuals. And I'm not saying that anybody else is not, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we're all strong minded individuals and leadership is in our blood. Leadership is in our blood. Showmanship is in in the Ashanti men's blood, you know, and, and we love the spotlight. We love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, we eat it up. And um, that right there, and I'm not saying anything at all because people at WWE really like me, all right? I'm not, WWE is my favorite company ever. I cannot, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm mad at them a little bit. It's like yeah. getting mad at a parent. But like, to be honest <laughs> with you, WWE, they kept me out of the streets. Mm-hmm. WWE kept me... Uh, focus on a dream, you know, and took, and, you know, and that dream has taken me all over the world. Yeah. But, you know, um, being a leader, a black leader with, you know, 
that much belief in his character, you know, and for that much, you know, to have the strength to walk through those curtains and really make everyone know that there's a prince coming out here. Mm. Right. Know, that that but, right there, it, it, it's like I created something that they couldn't create. They yeah. Couldn't create. And that right there is the biggest problem that they kind of have with me because they didn't create me. I created myself. And, mm. and, and, and they're kind of like the parent uh, that goes to your room and jacks your shit. Um, I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about ahead, Apollo Cruz. <laughs> I'm talking about Apollo Cruz. I know Nigeria is a different part of West Africa, different country. I understand that. I get that. But you no one can sit there and look at Apollo Cruz talking about his royalty <laughs> and 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 not make the connection to Prince Nana. Am I Am I silly for saying that, or is like I'm, no? You're, you're not silly at all for saying it because everyone, as soon as he started doing that, the whole world was was inboxing me and retweets, <laughs> and you know, people still to today send me you know pictures and stuff like that. You know, you got to understand. Yeah, Apollo is a good friend, very athletic, mm-hmm. you right. know, very athletic, entertaining, one of the top pro wrestlers over the last 10 years in, in, in um, the world, uh, you know, in, in the New York, Northeastern area, especially. And, um, you know, anytime you are afforded, you know, offered the opportunity to uh, promote your culture, all right, especially in the landscape of the WWE, mm-hmm. you know, the WWE that people think it is, because I don't think they're bad people, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you need to you need to do it. You need to take that opportunity and just make that happen. And um, Apollo is a great, is a good guy. We've always been friends. He's Nigerian, you know, African. And mm-hmm. I have Nigerian in my blood, also, you know. And he deserves every moment he's uh, creating right now. Oh because, yeah, shout because out it's to not Apollo. because it's not it's not me, you know it's not it's not me, and I also can do many many other characters. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that is hurtful is that WWE WWE knows that I was right here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. That I that I was very easily attainable and and you know. But you know, at the same time, I, maybe I talk too much. I don't know. But well, the, well it's, to me, it's like it's just as simple as you can be a consultant to something like that. You know, it's it's real, real simple to do. You know, it's like okay, um, why don't we hire someone from from West Africa who could work backstage? Because I've googled Nigerian drum fight. The first thing that comes up is WWE stuff. Well, um, well, well you know, but not to cut you off because it's it's all getting dandy. But you got Kofi right there. Yeah, you got Kofi. You got mm-hmm. Kofi right there. He's coaching them. You know, Kofi right. knows me. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not yeah. like, you know, it, it, you know, Kofi could coach that whole situation. He knows what you know needs to be involved. But the thing is, is that. You know, uh, WWE as a business needs to make a business decision and say, you know, it, it's not about, uh, oh, he could do the African gimmick or this and that. It's that this guy knows what he was doing for the last 20 years. 
Right. You know and and right. like you, you came, you asked me a question. You were like in the beginning just now. You're like, have you ever worked for AEW? Like, or, no, I haven't worked or I haven't been offered. But I've helped some of my good friends with their promos. Mm. Right. You know, in and, the beginning, uh, in the beginning of the when AEW was starting. You understand what I'm saying? And those promos, they did it word for word, what I told them to say, and it went over, and, and it went over the way that it was supposed to. You know, so so I do help my friends in the industry, you know, the ones that come to me. But for mm-hmm. as far as like you know WWE and and all these other companies, there's just so many political um, roadblocks that just right. need to be unblocked. Honestly. Well, let, let's let's stay here for a second, Nana, because earlier in this show we talked about the uh, Kenise Mobley situation. Uh, you know, the woman that was hired uh, by the WWE and. Uh, messed up the bag by going on a friend's podcast. Uh, so ho- hopefully you ain't messing up no bags by coming on our podcast. Uh, but uh, like, why, why is it so few people of color in those rooms making those decisions? Uh, you know, when it comes to creative in, in some of these companies, there is. That's the okay. thing that people don't know. There is, mm-hmm. there are, there are African-Americans in the boardrooms. Like one of the biggest board directors for um, the WWE and an investor, and he's one of the creative uh, directors, is, uh, you know, Beyonce's, one of Beyonce's managers. Mm. You know, a lot of people don't know that. You know, so WWE is very, very diverse. It's a diverse company. It's, the, you know, they have executives that you may not know about. Right. You know, and that maybe on a lower scale or something like that, but on the high scale, on the uh, board of directors, there are African American uh, representation. Okay, and you know, you see it. You see what's going on in WWE today. Right. Yes. Yeah, much better. Talking with an accent. This one is. Yeah. But the thing is, is that some of those executives just don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the th- the time, it, it, it's like a funnel. You understand what I'm saying? It's like a funnel. And they just haven't, they just don't know the greatness. You know what I'm saying? That that I possess. It's just that they're utilizing what's coming through the machine, putting right. in their, their, you know, you know, and, and sooner or later, I think, you know, in the boardroom, there'll be someone like me, but that person is like on a, the rock level. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm just the local homeboy manager from, uh, ROH, you know, ROH, I helped, I did what I did in my legacy. It's like, it's like when Slick was there in the WWE, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but Slick didn't do half the things I did. And, you know, maybe I don't know exactly what he did in the background. If he was a promoter, like the way I was and was able to get right. buildings, talent for, scout. you know, talent scout, things like yeah. that. I don't think he was doing that type of stuff. But, you know, everyone's journey is different and not everyone can be a big time executive in the boardroom. And I get that because WWE just became, you know, public maybe 15 years ago now or something like that. Like, yeah. company, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's where we're at. There needs to be like a, a, you know, a black owned wrestling company that just is all inclusive. It's mm, black right. owned, but it doesn't look like it's black owned. Do you understand? Yeah, what I'm yes. I understand exactly what you're Richard. talking about. I want to kind of, um, if if Nate doesn't mind, I want to kind of uh, get off of wrestling for a second. Um, 
kind of stay on it, but kind of get off of it. Cause I was listening to an interview you did with uh, Brian Pillman Jr. And the interview's going well, and it was a great interview. But you then asked him about the Ahmad Aubrey situation, just boldly. I guess we were in the middle of that mm. in this country. And, you know, and he gave a good answer to the question, too. I was like, you know, I never know with some of these wrestlers. I, I hear <laughs> shit all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, my God, don't don't make me not like you anymore. But, man, that was a, such a good interview and stuff. And I was like, what? And then you did an interview with um, Nokio from Drew Hill. Yes, yes. My good and that was, that was an excellent interview as well. And you guys touched on, like, voting and mm-hmm. all these kinds of different issues, man. Yep. Like, I, I think there's uh, up on the YouTube channel, Nana, you've got a clip where you went to one of the George Floyd protests in Brooklyn. I did. I, did. I went. I'm glad I went because I mm. had to. I had to. I had to. I had to, and um, you know, uh, thank you know, hats off to Brian Pillman Jr. All right, he is a phenomenal superstar. Um, I can't wait to see what he does with his career and 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 you know, and what he's creating with it, and also with the legacy of his father. Yeah, rest in peace to all the um, you know, African Americans and anyone else who's been, uh, especially the African American families that have been affected by police brutality you know right. especially because everyone is all inclusive but just like the amount of brutality against black people is sad all right at this point in time it's been sad for like 100 years but like i'm like come on now like yeah you know we bring so much to the table you know what i'm saying and like everyone everybody has good qualities and bad qualities why do we always have to magnify that in this culture and and you know right. You know, it's sickening, it's sad, and I just need to ask some of my friends these hard questions because, you know, I want to hear if they're going to be lying or not. I want to hear it in their voice. because Right, yeah, exactly. And, and, and where were you? I got two questions. Where were you at when the, when the uh, George Floyd, the Derek Chauvin verdict came back? How did you feel after that? And what did you think about the sentencing as well? So I was with my good friend and, and, and business partner and we were, you know, uh, you know, talking about um, uh, if he was going to get indicted. And my partner was like, yeah, no, he's not going to get indicted. He's going to walk. I guarantee you that this is how it's set up, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I swore, you know, just because the way everything was laid out, I told my friend, I said, no, he's going down. He's right. going down. He didn't believe me, wanted to bet. You know, I didn't bet because this isn't a betting situation. Yeah, it's not, uh, we don't do that, Thank, yeah. You know, the day that I heard the verdict, I was actually uh, in my front yard cleaning up, and my phone dinged, right? And the TV happened to be on inside the house, and the door was open, so I was able to hear it. And I'm not going to lie to you. Do, do and, and this sounds kind of... But I, you remember when uh, OJ, when OJ won the uh, yep yes I remember, <laughs> and and that's not you know funny either or whatever. But it was yeah. like when I was in high school and we were like running down the hall like we were in Sarafina at the end of mm. Sarafina. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
And, yes. Um, I, re- I remember it, man. That is a very specific <laughs> reference that, like, a very specific part very of our goofy. audience is going to love. I got, I got my Whoopi Goldberg shirt on. There you go. There you go. So we, were, we were jumping down the hall and, like, so excited. It, it reminded me, like, when that happened, there was something in me was, like, made me just shout out and yell. Yeah. Just so, like, oh, man. It was like justice has been served. And yes, you know, a lot of people, you know, do a lot of fucked up shit and get away with it. And like, right, you know, uh, some people don't do get fucked up stuff and, and, you know, whatever. But like he 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 had that coming to him and rest in peace, to George Floyd and, and God bless his family. All the other people who've been affected by police brutality uh, and just, you know, black on black crime, uh, you know, crack cocaine in the neighborhood so on and so forth is that your police department coming? Yeah, i was just gonna say like it's, like police department again coming my guy look man it's the lapd man they probably Jeez. up to some kind of fuck shit man i i, I don't they, they listen to the show that's what it is they heard you talk about them cops nah nah and they trying to get chris there's always going to be some kind of like non-justice when it comes to dealing with police brutality so until they change that in the laws you know, right. I don't want to say it's something that we have to deal with, but it's something that we all have to start pushing for uh, mm-hmm. when we vote, when we're going out there to vote, when we're dealing with our communities, the Congress yeah. people. We have to talk to them, tell them what's on our mind, tell them what we want to change mm-hmm. in order for things to change. Yeah, no, but, but, you, but you're right, though. It is something that we have to deal with, unfortunately. And, you, and like you said, we got to talk to Congress people. Do you know who the president, who the superintendent of schools is at in your neighborhood? You know what I'm saying? Do you know right, who, right. The, who the sheriff is? Do you mm-hmm. know who these people are? Because that's the, how half the time the people don't know, and it's sad because you know they know who Nicki Minaj is. Right. <laughs> they know who yeah. Nicki Minaj. They know who you know Uso is, and you know his whole business and everything going on with him. So at least know who your congressperson is, who your local you know, city leaders and local officials are. That's something very important to know, especially for the kids. So we can have things in the neighborhood like parks, recreation, pool, you know, um, different things that they uh, need in order to um, continue to thrive in neighborhoods like this and and, and become wrestlers and NFL players and basketball players and start their own leagues and so on and so forth. I know there's going to be new leagues starting soon. Like, you see what happened with AEW? You know, I, I think there's going to be more of that very, very soon. Awesome. Hopefully I, I, with, uh, with African-Americans. Yes. Yep. Yep. I, I, You know, we don't want to take up too much of your time, Nana, because we know royal time right. is my, royal my money. My shrimp cocktails are burning. Yes. <laughs> because my boy, all right, brother Nate. Hey, brother Nate, you better sign up for the ID seal, all right? Yo, Chris been telling me. Chris been telling me about it. We... Don't let another day go by, all right? There and it is. Has a ton of music online. Prince Nana is also signed to a nice little publishing deal. I've been putting music out. A lot of great things happening now. I'll definitely be coming into the wrestling business soon. I just can't, yes. you know, how, tell you How many revenue streams do you got going through, <laughs> man? Like, I'm, my, my background is Jamaican because my, my uh, <laughs> folks are Jamaican. And they have, they're known for having a lot of jobs. Dude, what you, you, got to, you got the music. You got the podcasting. You got to do you it. Got, you got to do it. You know, yeah. it all, and it's all a blessing because it all started with pro wrestling. 
Mm. Yeah. Right, thank God. I, I, from a young age, the age of 16, I've been involved. I think that's why I'm able to kind of like, you know, I don't want to say I jump in the ring and then it's like back to normal. You know, you have to train before you really get, you know, but, but this is in my blood. You know, it's in my blood. I love, I love entertaining. Uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, my friends. Yes. I got one last question for you, Prince, before no we problem. let you go, brother. No problem. Uh, you know, you talked about your life a little bit and, and ha- having that balance, I think, which is a good thing between the wrestling business and your, and the rest of your life. So what advice would 2021 Prince Nana go back and give that 16, 17, 18-year-old who was just starting to get into the business? Work out more. Mm. Work out <laughs> <laughs> work out on your body, work out, work out, work out, work mm. out, you know, get your body in shape. <clears throat> all right. And work out some more because out of all the complaining and all this stuff and this and that, you have to be physically fit to be in the sports entertainment business. All right. And a lot of people are wondering why they're not signed and stuff like that, because they just don't work out. You know, the, the thing that made, that you know got me into the business because I was a a workhorse when it came to training in the ring. You know, yeah, I wasn't that great working out in the gym, but when it came to working out in the ring, I was there every day. I was learning all of the moves, I was learning all of the holes, I was learning how to do promos. I was a student to the game and I still am a student to the game. Mm. And and, right. and that's just from, you know, the through the grace of God. Is there an art to um, being a manager um, mm, and getting yourself over, and but with, with but also getting talent over? Because that seems like you you were able to do that really good. I still remember the way you say Nipro Butcher, uh, and <laughs> you know you got you got that dude over just by saying his name, um, and of course they help get you over as well. Like how do you? get over without as a manager without still in the spotlight from your mm. uh talent you're managing i think the main the main thing and, and the reason why it was so easy for me is because i was a wrestler at one point so i knew how annoying it was <laughs> to get upstage <laughs> you know i've been upstaged as a manager before you'll hear the story one day uh-huh, right. but, um <laughs> you know i think it's more of a just take it easy. Like, just don't overdo it. Do it, but don't overdo it. You know, like a lot of people just, oh, I'm doing my job. I got to do it to the best of my ability. And like, no, just just do it. But just like know that you're working in a team. You know, mm. you can't just go out there and say, okay, you know, he's doing his job and I'm doing my job. Let me be a machine. No, you're working together. All right, you're working together. Maybe you're working together as two different machines, but you're two different machines on the same wavelength and the same electricity board. So, Mm. you know, uh, with that in mind, you know, that's how you're able to uh, complement each other, you know, as performers. But when you have someone who's trying to, like, take all the spotlight, that's when you start having the unevenness and, like, you have the manager on the outside yelling too much and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm. So, Nana, I know our listeners have enjoyed this conversation that we had with you, and, and I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, this won't be the last time we are blessed with royalty here on the NWA podcast. But uh, 
while we let you go, man, can you let the people know, uh, you know, your social media, your YouTube, anything you got going absolutely, on? Absolutely. They can get invested follow in. Follow me. You can always follow the Prince, all right? You can always follow the Prince at Prince King Nana, all right? At Prince King Nana on Twitter, all right? And on Instagram, all right? And just make sure you're going to follow my music too. Crook yeah. Melody, all right? Crook Melody. And and Christopher, make sure you give everyone the link for ID Seal. Everyone get okay. your ID and your, your, your information protected, all right? Make sure you give them the link mm. in the description, my friend. Right, we'll put that in the description. <laughs> and what, um, do you, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, what, 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 what's going on with the embassy book? Is that still a It's still project? going. I'm glad okay. you brought that up. Don't, right. don't do that, Christopher, all right? Don't do that, Christopher, all right? <laughs> all right? I know you made a donation, all right? I yeah. know you made a donation for the book, all right? The book <laughs> is still coming out before the end of the summer, all right? I'm okay, okay, okay. 10 chapters, all right? And then it's going to be an ebook available online for purchase on Amazon, on everywhere. Hopefully, it's a number one seller, my friend. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to bring you back once right. the book and, is and, out, and, brother. And do you have a pro wrestling tea store? I mean, I want to get all of your shit out there. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. You know, we have the Embassy Forever shirts. Okay. All right. Please, you know, and, and it's Prince King Nana. All of my social media is Prince King Nana. We're doing big things. All right. Again, quick right. melody for the music. And, and, you know, it's good to see you guys finally got somebody of, of stature on this show. And, and, and the sky is the limit, all right? The sky is the limit, all right? Even though you guys paid me in, in, in you know, uh, what, what's that thing you paid me in? What do you call it? Food stamps? Uh, you know, hey, I, I ain't got my stimulus check yet, Prince. Yeah, Come you on, gave man. Me a stimulus and food stamp uh, codes and, and verification codes. You know, I, I don't eat food stamp food, but I take food stamp money. But thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate you, brother. I appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. Thank you, man. You too. Thanks. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Nana. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the one and only Prince Nana, ladies and gentlemen. Chris, that, that was wild, brother. I know, right? There was so much, so much more that I needed to get to that brother with, but we'll have a back. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what you got to do, Chris. You got to lead the people wanting for more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did it. He did it the right way. Um, so, um, yeah, man, I'm. I'm uh, I've reached out to people. Uh, Shane Taylor, I'm looking at you. Uh, oh, you just, you're just going to put people's names oh, out there. I'm putting gonna... names out. I'm, oh, I'm, okay. I'm, putting, I'm putting the energy out there so um, so that, so they could get hounded by other people that's not <laughs> us, you know, to come do the show. Um, I'm, looking, I'm looking at you, uh, Rickland Stevens, a.k.a. Uh, Ezekiel Jackson, uh, Crystal Marshall, Come holler at us. I'm just everybody I reach Yo, out. We to. can spend 20 minutes talking with Crystal about that wedding on a SmackDown. Oh, yes, dude. I, I really want to talk about that. Man, <laughs> I want to know whose brainchild. One of the that. blackest segments in the history yes. of SmackDown. Yes, it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think it might have been the blackest segment in the history of SmackDown. <laughs> and Ron Simmons yeah. and Jeff Hardy Bru- dancing Bruce- to the music. Bruce Bruce being the uh, yes, Bruce Bruce 
presiding over the wedding. Dr- yeah, jagged second, edge, jagged playing, edge, yes. Let's black, get married. Playing the official black wedding song. You know what I'm yes, saying? The official black slash Jeff Hardy wedding song. Because I don't think nobody was grooving to that song more than Jeff Hardy in that song. <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was getting down, man. He was getting it down. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we definitely are looking to have more people involved with the business on the show because, you know, Chris and myself and some of our other friends, we can give you our perspective, but there's nothing like having that, you know, actual lived experience. So we, we definitely want to thank Prince Nana for coming through. Again, all his socials, Prince King Nana. So find out about the brother, support the brother if you enjoyed him on this week's show. But we still have one piece of business. Speaking of Prince Nana and all them business ventures he got, we still got one piece of business left to do this month, Chris. Yes, yes, yes. Got a little it. something, a little something called Ask an Advocate. Oh, okay, cool. I thought I was. I thought <laughs> what, I was what were you thinking of? I was thinking I was going to need to get some EBT uh, cash benefits as uh, to add onto the uh, <laughs> to the food stamps. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Nana's problem was though. You can buy shrimp cocktail. Look, you can buy shrimp cocktail with food stamps. Yeah, you can. Shit, you can buy fucking regular shrimp with food stamps. You can man. buy I filet use, mignon with food yeah, stamps if I, you want. I use, as long as it's food. <laughs> You can purchase it with food stamps as long as it's food at the grocery store. I was buying all kind of shrimp and ribs and <laughs> fucking beef tips. What the what? What you know, man? When I was on my food stamps, I was I was eating like a king. <laughs> all right, but yeah, we do have one last segment, and it is uh, called Ask an Advocate. That is where you, the loyal listeners, uh, send us some feedback, send us a question. And we answered for you. And this is a really good question, Chris. Uh, came to us in the post-wrestling forum from Danaway. And Danaway's question is, is there a gimmick or genre of character that's almost exclusively done by white performers that you'd love to see a black performer get an opportunity to play and make their own? Like a cowboy or a know-it-all teacher, extreme sports daredevil, etc. So I, I thought that was a really good question, Chris. That is a very good question. Um, I I don't need to see no black cowboys. I just see. See, this I, is where you and I. This is where I pass digress because I would love it if we. <laughs> I just don't I would love trust the black them. cowboy character. I don't trust them to do it right. Um, Yo, hit, see, this is what this yeah. is what Apollo Cruz should have done. We talked a lot about our brother Apollo Cruz this week. Yeah. And instead of doing the nigerian drum match they should have given apollo the cowboy gimmick right because right. his name when he was not in the wwe was uha nation right mm-hmm. so all you got to do is put him in a cowboy hat and he could be the outlaw yeehaw nation <laughs> who wants to be a part of the yeehaw nation uh, that, tell, tell me that. Tell me that's not a, a million dollar idea, Chris. Oh, that, that's that's money all the way, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I if if I were gonna pick one character that I want to see a black guy do, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a Mister Perfect Ooh. or Kurt Henning Henning type of character where they can be funny and have the jokes and be silly, but when it's time to go in the ring you know that they're serious and you know that they mean business. I think the closest thing we might have to that is like a Kofi Kingston. Mm. Um, 
But that's what I would want to see. I want to see layers because that was one thing I always loved about Kurt Angle is he was just such a jokester and you could put him in a small ass hat and (laughs) you could, you know, put him in all these silly situations. But when it was wrestling time, it was wrestling time. And that was the same with like Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect. Um, I want to see black wrestlers have that kind of that those kind of dimensions and that those kind of layers to them. And that's why this question is so great, because we've talked about like the five categories of black wrestler that the WWE kind of. Oh, yeah. Shane Taylor brought that up on the Wrestling Observer today, too. That's oh, he did. Yeah, he brought that up on the Wrestling Observer newsletter. That's why I reached out. Did, 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 Did he use our examples exactly? Yes, he used the five, um, and I don't think it was an accident that mm. uh, that he used those five. Okay, okay, we we see you now, Shane. See, I was I was on your side, Shane, till Chris said that yeah. you know you <laughs> you sampling yeah. our tracks. But yeah, 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 I think the when you really look at this question, it's like white performers they get to play with the whole box of crayons. Mm-hmm. when it comes to characters, right? You can have somebody like The Undertaker or Stone Cold Steve Austin or, you know, somebody like JBL, speaking of Cowboys. Uh, you know, they, there's a, like, not all of them are going to be booked well, but they get to play with all these characters, whereas with the black and brown characters or performers, there's a limited scope of what you can play. And so, like, I think out of all of the the options out there, I would really love like a black stone cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Like just a regular dude that drinks right. beer, don't like his boss and wants to fight. Yeah, that was kind of what um Bat News Brown used to be. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And then um Steve Austin just kind of uh took that gimmick to another level. Um yeah, I want that's some those are the kind of things I want to see. Yeah, I want I would definitely love to see a uh a black version of Stone Cold that just doesn't like his boss, uh, doesn't like anybody. It yep. just go, you know, that, that, I, that, that, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. Yeah. Did a lot of good things this month, brother. Had Andrew come through with the news and we talked about, you know, a situation that was on a lot of people's minds, uh, even now with uh, the Kenise Mobley situation. And then like that, that chat with Prince Nana, like, like you said, we talked to the brother for, you know, 30, 40 minutes, but, I feel like we got a whole, you know, two, three hours of, of conversations left with, with that dude. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to reconnecting with, with the Prince later on down the road, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and next time, I'm not going to – we won't pay him in food stamps next time. We'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll upgrade. I'll pay him I'll, – maybe I'll try to get him in some, like, a couple pieces of Bitcoin or something. <laughs> some Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> uh, you heard that? that? Have you heard of that um, MJF coin? Like the wrestler MJF? Yeah, apparently he's got his own Bitcoin. Maybe I'll buy him some bit, some MJF coin. Uh, <laughs> Make sure you got your ID seal first, because that seems a little su- <laughs> that seems a little suspect, brother. That's the most suspect shit ever, man. <laughs> like, hey. like, yeah, I'm not buying no coin from anybody yeah. on the AEW roster not named Tony yeah. Khan. Yeah, it's like if if you, if this if this coin is as trustworthy as uh, MJF's character <laughs> on uh, Dynamite, then yeah, you can count me out of that shit, man. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we want to thank all of y'all for uh, listening to the show, and a uh, shout out to uh, Danaway for that great question. Again, if you want 
to leave us some feedback. We try to get to at least one question per episode. Uh, you know, depending on the, the, the episode, we might get to more, but you can leave feedback over at the forum, uh, at the post wrestling forum. Um, and, or you can hit me and Chris up on Twitter with your questions. And we do have some questions from Twitter that we've got, uh, in the document. So we'll get to those in the months to come. So Chris, speaking of Twitter, what you got going on? Uh, and where can people find you? On these social media streets, brother. All right, so you can find you can find me at K M E Z Does It on Twitter. The letter K, the letter E, the the letter K, the letter M, the letter <laughs> E, the letter Z, and then the word Does and the word It. So K M E Z Does It. I'm still um the, I, the, I do have the new podcast going on. Unfortunately, my uh, dissertation at my at my um school has just been kicking my ass man it, like every time i think it's good uh a, a group of professors give me back and say it ain't so um <laughs> they dissing your dissertation right yeah so that so unfortunately my new podcast has to take a back seat like this one is just a lot easier to do because you know like you know, we don't don't write out any script or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? We we kind of have like a outline of what we're going to talk about, but it's just you know um, easy. And then you know when we, if, especially if you get someone like a, a Prince Nana or a Rich Fan or a Maria or whoever comes on the show, um, you know they they fill in the gaps that we can't fill out 100. percent So. Um, that's the beautiful thing about this show. <laughs> so you say you just like this show because you, you ain't got to do a whole lot of work. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 not, that's not, I didn't say I, okay, don't, don't, don't you Fox News me. I didn't say I, <laughs> I didn't say I just like the show because of that. I said that is one of the reasons why, you know, <laughs> and it's, and, you know, and like I said, it's, you know, take it seriously and, do a good job and you know the results are always uh positive so yes no doubt no doubt so yeah that's where you can find brother chris you can check me out on twitter at in the number eight m-o-z-a-i-k at nate mosaic uh check out the kings of sport podcast where this week if you're listening to the show we had a very big announcement so uh stay tuned for the changes to come on the world's most dangerous sports show if you want to support the patreon Go to patreon.com backslash the kings of sport. $5 gets you in the door. If you want to pay more, we won't stop you. And uh, no, before Chris asks, we do not accept food stamps on the kings of sport Patreon. <laughs> uh, I've also got the Naomi podcast, which is a podcast uh, that is a part of the DC TV podcast network. It's myself and America's sweetheart, Brittany Monet. And we are talking about the upcoming CW show, Naomi, which is a uh, DC comic show that is produced by Ava DuVernay. So uh, we are looking forward to that debuting next year. Uh, so you can subscribe to the Naomi podcast for all of that. Uh, I've got some more stuff, you know, the main event over on place to be nation. I've got other shows I pop in on from here to there. Uh, but but for the most part, just follow me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K, and you'll get all these links and and updates for all that good stuff. Uh, let's see. Oh, shout out to John and Way, uh, the proprietors of Post Wrestling, uh, for for sharing the platform and allowing us to be part of the network. Shout out to Righteous Reg for the theme song, Chris, uh, that, that gets us hyped every week with his show. Oh. 
Andrew Thompson for doing the news. And of course, shout out to Austin James for designing the NWA podcast logo. So uh, that's going to be another show. Chris, if you got anything else to say to the people, go ahead oh, yeah. now Thank or you. forever. Are you going yeah. to let me finish my line? I was going to say, speak now, forever, hold your peace, bringing it back to the Teddy Long, Crystal Marshall wedding. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for um, just commenting and, you know, reaching yeah. out and stuff. You know, I, that wasn't something I thought I'd, I mean, I, I'm well, in that no, you, you better, You better get used to it, because now that we got the Prince Nana rub, brother. I know, right. It's, it's, it's so, look, he, he, he put us over, so, you know, we main eventers now. Right, right. True that, true that. So get ready for all that smoke, Chris. <laughs> all the smoke. It's coming our way, man. Sure. Uh, uh, yes, yes. But yeah, this this been fun, man. I'm, I'm excited. Like, the first episode was great. Had a lot of fun here with the second episode. Looking forward to seeing what we do on the next episode of the podcast, man. Again, this is all kind of a, a work in progress, a show that's continually evolving. And we appreciate everybody that's coming along for the ride. Yeah, definitely do, man. I appreciate it. Just keep on listening. Keep on commenting. Yeah. Um, keep yeah, even if you don't media. agree with us, you know, send us feedback because that's that's how you get a conversation started. Right, right, right. Just keep it respectful. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, don't, yeah. Don't be trying to give us African history lessons unless you're an African history teacher. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The only the only correction I will take is the uh, is how to correctly pronounce Kofi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the only. That's the thing. He's he's the the brother is from Ghana, so I mean, who's gonna? We ain't gonna tell him. No, no. and he's royalty. Like, like yeah. you know, who are we to say talk back to the prince, Mike? Right, right, yeah. So, but but yes, this has been another fun show. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next month with an all new edition of the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. So keep it locked right here to Post Wrestling. So, for my brother, the Professor Chris Ely, for Andrew Thompson holding down the Nubian News Desk, I am the Godfather, Nate Milton. And remember, the revolution may not be televised, but it damn sure will be podcast. See you next time. It's for the culture and we repping it.